Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, the Jets are a wagon. We look back at a dominant win over the champs, plus Liney and the Jackets are back in town. All right, let's get right into it here. Let's kick off the month of December in style. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki is joining us once again, and let's get right into it here, Tyson. Why are the Winnipeg Jets the greatest team in National Hockey League history? There's many reasons. <laughs> There's many reasons. <laughs> yeah. How, how do we how do we cut them down to just a couple? I mean, it's got to be the it's, it's got to be the performance of the year, right? Yeah. Like when you when you give when you give the Avalanche a spanking behind the woodshed like that. I mean, they they've had some beauties this year. I mean, maybe the Carolina game was on tap for that. <laughs> it was the collapse of all collapses. But man, oh man, what a performance, right? And, yeah. and now 2-0 and against the Avalanche this year, a win in each barn. It's just vibes seems to be the word of the year, like just in, in the world. Like everybody always talks about like vibes. The vibes are immaculate right now here in Winnipeg. It just it, it doesn't end. I you you wonder like what the ceiling is right now. It just keeps going on and on and on. There's yeah. there's like nothing nothing negative surrounding the Jets hockey team right now. Yeah, I know it's absolutely it's crazy to think too, like how like coming into the season, just kind of the like the, the kind of discourse over the the, the off season and how we're, we're going in and it's like oh we're and, and I'm one of the big I'm one of the, those people too where just saying like oh we're gonna go into the season with the exact same core that we had last year the exact same D core that we had last year how do we think it's gonna work and I mean that's just the magic of Rick Bonus right there I think I think he's slipping into a, one of the more underrated coaches in the league right now and I think people are starting to realize that with this Winnipeg team that he is a outstanding coach and he's just he just continues to prove people wrong with each team that he goes to yeah yeah I mean it's funny you mentioned that because I I was on Winnipeg sports talk and I kind of made the the same reference to you know they ran it back would they make the playoffs before the season started all that stuff literally everything they needed to go right has gone right so far like it's wild I mean and, and they've even withstood Nikolai Ehlers long-term injury which I, I I think a lot of us thought might cripple this team offensively but they found a way to to battle through that but that that was why I was hesitant to put them into the playoff mix this year because it was it was like look a lot of stuff can go not that it's impossible but they just need 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G to go right. And yeah. if all of that goes right, then they'll make it. Well, guess what? Everything's gone right so far. Like, Shifley Renaissance, check. Morrissey's Elevation, check. Rick Bonus pushing every single button correct, check. And then Connor Hellebuck being the best goalie in the world, check, 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 check. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's wild. And, and to the point where Hellebuck posts a 40 save shutout against the defending champs, have we heard anybody mention his name? Yeah, that's crazy. did he did he squeak onto the three stars? Right, <laughs> like normally that's the the headliner, but we've got a few other guys that we got to touch on there. But you know, when when you look at how how the Winnipeg Jets are where they are where they are right now, I, I think that's it. It's just that they needed everything to go right for them, and it has. And they're battling for the top of the Central Division right now. And and look, I didn't think it was likely, but give Chevy and his and his management group and the coaching staff and all that a ton of credit because they they felt like this team had a lot more talent than they showed last year and hey call it what it is they were right so far through through 21 22 games they've been baying on about that and they are this year's Calgary Flames they brought in a head coach with the exact same roster and said help <laughs> and it's worked like that, that move has has paid dividends. I didn't think it would work, but one hundred percent, it's been all aces so far. I think one of the biggest one of the biggest keys like that we've seen so far from the Jets regarding Rick Bonus's coaching was that Sakumena lining clip that they posted just the other day, where you know Rick Bonus kind of pulls Saku aside and he's like, "Look, we're really happy with your, the way you're playing right now, but we want you to focus on being dependable and reliable." And don't worry too much about the offense. The offense will come if you just play the right way. And I think that's the biggest thing about the Jets right now is that they're playing the right way. From the top, bottom, all the guys have bought in so far. And you've seen it. Like, I mean, it's very easy to see just watching the games. Like, wow, this is a completely different team from last year on the ice and off the ice. Like, these guys, you know, it's the, the Rick bonus effect is real. And these guys have really bought into this locker room and this culture that they're building. And this could be the start of something special in Winnipeg that this – a sort of just togetherness that this team has. And maybe this builds on the next couple of years as prospects come in, as new people come in. It's just really good to see that the Jets, especially after everyone was disappointed about not getting, getting Barry Trotz, it seems like the Jets got the next best thing in Rick Bones. Yeah, blessing in disguise, perhaps, that you yeah. know, right coach, right time. Not that you know Barry Trotz might not have had a similar effect here, but yeah, I think everyone's pretty happy with the consolation prize of Bones so far. It's interesting too that you mentioned that because, and, and when I say you mentioned that, you mentioned the fact that they look differently due to the eye test because analytically they've been, I would say, about average, average to maybe even slightly below average by by some of the numbers out there, and in the game against Colorado. I mean, Corsi, Colorado wins the battle. Expected goals, surprisingly, the Avs still win the battle there. That, that's not the game that I watched on, yeah. on Tuesday. I don't know if maybe Connor Hellebuck, like has the shot tracker in his in his glove and he's just like bumping up the Avalanche's totals or something. But it was around midway through the game, you know, heading into the, the latter part of the second period. It's like, how is Colorado doubling Winnipeg in shots? Like, am I... I just feel like I'm like Mugadu. Like, is is this crazy pill? Like, the Jets are dominating this game. Like, what? I I, I don't know. I don't think it's been like that all season. Um, I, I I do think at the very least, you know, Winnipeg has been closer to break even than than to dominant. But you know, the, the, I I think too when when people lean on analytics, you know, 
at, at, at certain teams and, and whether they determine someone's good, great, bad, whatever, you know, they're, you can't just lean 100% on those and say, well, the Jets are below 50%. They're like 19th in the league. This is a paper tiger. The, the Jets have always been kind of a system breaker, in my opinion, because they've always had elite goaltending with Connor Hellebuck between the pipes, and they've got really, really elite finishing slash talent. And teams like that are always going to bust the system a little bit. You know, the Capitals have been a great example of that. You know, not this year, but kind of in their heyday where it's like, yeah, we don't need 35 shots. You give us 25. And with some of the talent that we've got here, we're going to get some quality looks and we're going to bury you. I think I think Winnipeg has always been more so like that in, in, in that regard. But I thought specifically in this game against Colorado, just, I, I don't know, I was surprised. I'm not sure who... Who was tracking the numbers and tracking the shots and things like that? But I think the Jets kind of got a kind of got gypped pretty good on that one. Um, now we mentioned Hellebuck not being the star in the night necessarily. That's because the old man apparently still has some game for the Winnipeg Jets. Fourth career hat trick for Blake Wheeler. Shockingly, just under a point a game right now at at thirty six years old. He's got eight points in his last three, ten points in his last four games to make up for a bit of a slow start, you know, in terms of offensive production to start the year. How, how impressed have you been with, with 26? I mean, and, and that game kind of caps it off. Yeah. And I've honestly think I thought he's been good all year. I really don't think he's been, I don't think he's, he's had a couple kind of iffy games, but for the most part, he's just been a solid, he's been a solid play driver, kind of the same player that he's been throughout his career. And just seeing, especially with the line changes with Shifley now in between Perfetti and Wheeler, you saw that instant chemistry that they've had over the past couple of years. And yeah, like I'm, I'm really pumped about this Jets top six now. And I think they're really like now that all the top six really seems to be rolling now. That's the, that's the main thing is that a lot of these guys are really starting to they're starting to find their groove that they didn't necessarily have at the beginning of the season. You know, Shifley and Connor had a they were off to. They played very good at the start of the season. Some of the numbers weren't weren't there all the times, but then there was a couple of games at the beginning of the year with Dubois. There was some we had some concerns about Dubois a little early on in the season, talking about how you know he doesn't totally look engaged all the time. There were some undisciplined penalties and undisciplined play in the D zone, and he's just since Kyle Connor's been put on his wing, he's kind of just gone back to that power forward that the Jets fans have grown to love and. It's great. It's just great to see it out of the Jets. That's exactly what they need out of their top six with no Nikolai Ehlers, and these guys are really starting to carry the load. I think I think Wheeler's quietly been pretty good this year. Yeah, you know, and that's another guy that the analytics don't necessarily shine shine well on, and he's not going to be, you know, the the force that he was five years ago for for Winnipeg anymore. But I, you know, I think in terms of expectations and everything like that, I think he's surpassed mine for how effective he could be this year. And he's still going to give. He's going to give value in different ways than he has in the past. And I, I, I think, I think you have to be pretty jacked with with what he's given the team so far. Uh, pretty wild too, Tice, that the Jets are where they are in the standings right now, and Mark Shifley's fifth in team scoring, <laughs> which is crazy, it's right? Crazy. Like, yeah, if if you said that before the year, you'd be like, oh boy, we're. <laughs> To quote John Erdman, we're aft, right? Like, yeah. there's just no way they would be where they are right now. But I, I think he's, I think Shifley's done a little hard by those numbers there. I think he's been arguably their their best forward, in my opinion. Yeah, he's I agree. Been a lot more impact than than the 18 points there. But it kind of goes to your what you were saying there, and that 
you know, Dubois picked his game up to another level. And and Kyle Connor, after a slow start offensively, is putting the puck into the net here. And I, this team is really in the top six. And even Adam Lowry, I think you have to throw him in there too. 14 points, or sorry, 12 points so far this year. He's on pace for almost 50. Like, the guys they've needed to, to be big-time point producers have done that so far. And I, I think just quickly here before we, we switch gears to, to some other things from that game and kind of surrounding the Jets as a whole, I, I think watching that Colorado game and how dominant they looked and how great the forwards have been, I think moving forward for the rest of the year, I think we have Dubois and Connor on the same line for the rest of the season. And I would say I think we, I think we see Shifley and Wheeler on the same line for the rest of the season. And that might surprise people because it, it maybe gives us PTSD, you know, oh God, Connor Shafley Wheeler for the for the 5,000th time under Paul Maurice. But I, I think it's important that Connor and Wheeler are, are kind of separated there. And ultimately when Nikolai Ehlers comes back healthy, I think I think it's Ehlers, Shifley Wheeler. I think there's a lot of potential with those three. And if it's Perfetti with Connor Dubois, that line was sneakily really, really good albeit in about a 10-game sample the previous season, and Perfetti's starting to find his footing right now. I, I don't know I don't know why you would change that lineup if, if you put those six together. And then it's about maybe finding an, an impact piece to play with Adam Lowry on that third line, uh, maybe with a Morgan Barron or a Manalainen or whoever it might be. But you can kind of start to see the Jets' forward group separate themselves, and the pieces are kind of falling pretty nicely together. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if we could, if the Jets can just add a nice, nice complimentary piece to Adam Lowry on that third line, and kind of give Adam Lowry more. I, I, I do like the idea of having that line as your shutdown line, but I do also like having a forward on that line that can put the puck in the net and that like can an, like it's not going to happen. But an Andrew Cough. Yeah, totally. Like someone, someone like that, where it's like a, that that middle six tweener. But if the Jets could, and it's not going to cost you a ton either. No, but if, but if you can get someone like you said that can chip in a little bit, help out Lowry at, at in both ends of the ice, all of a sudden it's uh, a pretty juicy looking forward core. That's a deep team, and honestly, I think now you almost shift your focus. At the, if you, uh, I mean, if we're still sitting at the, at the, in this position at the trade deadline, I think you shift your focus towards a D man at the deadline. I think you really bolster your D group, and all of a sudden make a make kind of a mi- not a minor upgrade, but a lesser add for that third line. All of a sudden. I think that team, if they make those moves. I think the Jets are honestly one of the top three teams in the West. I agree. Eric Carlson, that's the move to make. <laughs> I agree. Let's make it happen. Eric Carlson. Oh, man. That would be just, yeah, that would be too much. No, it wouldn't. It would be perfect. But we'll see. We still got plenty of time before the deadline. I'm guessing sometime in February there. So we'll see where the Jets are at. But yeah, it, it does. Uh, you do get the sense it's going to be buyers instead of sellers for, for Winnipeg, which is always a nice. Uh, a nice sentiment at this time of the year. Um, we're going to get into some other key parts of that game against the Avs, plus a, I mean, a big one against the Minnow on Friday night, but one that I think Jets fans are looking forward to. We'll get to that in just a sec, but quickly before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, with an easy way for you to put 150 bucks in your wallet all season long but if that's not enough excitement for you you could also turn some small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays combining multiple bets like which team wins whoever's playing the flyers how many goals will be scored zero if it's the flyers and even more than that for your shot at an even bigger payout all thanks to our friends over at dk 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. So a few other notes from that game, Tice. And I guess just one quickly here. Connor Hillebug makes a a 40-some-odd save shutout against the defending champs. And it's just kind of like ho-hum, another night for Helly. Yeah. Do do you think he's underappreciated in Winnipeg? You know what? I'm not sure if he's underappreciated, but I feel like he's also the most highly scrutinized player at times when things aren't going the right way. I guess I guess, I guess you could say he's a little underappreciated because when I feel like when things aren't going good, there's a little bit of a, you know, you always hear the, oh, Hellebuck can't play the puck. And it's like, well, it's yeah, well, he can't. That is true. <laughs> At the same time, there's more than goaltend. There more that goes into goaltending than just playing the puck. And I think that when things are going good, Jets fans are, are like people in general are just used to Connor Hellebuck playing at such a high level that it's almost that that's what ex- that's what is expected of him. And so I think they're when he's playing very good, it's kind of like, oh, that's what he's supposed to be doing. That's good. Well, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like almost like there's like it's just become the norm. Yeah. Right. So it's like, what else? Like, how else is a goalie supposed to play? Well, <laughs> newsflash, especially as Flyers fans. Newsflash, goaltending can be very volatile and it can be very difficult to get good goaltending, let alone Hall of Fame goaltending, right? So, yeah, like I I don't know. I don't know if underappreciated is necessarily the right word, but I think maybe what I would say as well, just as a a friendly reminder to Winnipeg fans, um, enjoy this while you have it because it just, it does not come around very often. And he is. He's just so, so consistent. Like, he's so consistently good. That's the crazy thing with, with Hell. Like, even his, well, quote-unquote, bad year last year, he's still, like, I, I, he was still a top-10 goalie last year. Like, that's his floor. It, 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 it's crazy. And, I mean, it's it's going to set up for an interesting, an interesting time at the negotiating table you know, I, I guess the first time would be at the end of this year for for a potential contract extension for Helly. Uh, it, it's going to be a number that starts with a one, <laughs> and and how high it goes after that, I'm I'm not quite sure. I, I want to sorry, I want to ask you about that. Like with all the with all the goaltenders that have been get, giving big contracts in the last couple of years, like we've seen Cal Peterson just got sent down to the, to the minors a couple of days ago, and he's in the first year of a three yeah. fifteen million dollar contract, Whoops. and then plus. And Florida with Spencer Knight heavily outplaying Bobrovsky so far, and now Florida's just sitting there with ten and a half million on their cap with a backup goalie. Essentially, you know, like how, like what is the number that you feel uncomfortable giving Hellebuck? I, and this is the tough part with goalies, is that yeah, and and Bob's a really interesting one too because he was like I think people forget how insane he was before that. Um, but I mean, I I think the Carey Price comparison is is kind of similar too in that everyone agreed Montreal overpaid on that contract, but what are you supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> like I, that's why I don't even know if there's a number. Like, I, look, Hellebuck's going to get ten ish, 
how much of a sweetheart deal he gives the Jets, I I don't know. But I think I think if you got him for for like six seven years, ten million per, I think everybody here in Winnipeg would be ecstatic about that. Even with the acknowledgement that it's probably going to burn the team, right? Like it, it probably at some point is, but I, I take the gamble anyways because well, let's call it what it is. We're watching as of right now a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, like he. We're, we're talking about a guy that you know, if the season ended today, albeit there's a lot more season left, would be taking home his second Vesna Trophy. There's very few goalies in league history that have, have ever done that. Now, I guess the scary thing is that Sergei Bobrovsky is one of those goalies and we're, we're seeing things kind of fall off the edge for for uh, for Officer Bob there. But that, that one was also kind of different to me because that was a free agent team just going nuts and like here's eight years, 10 mil, and we'll figure it all out later. It, it, it just it, it does feel a little bit different here for Winnipeg where you're, you're trying to retain, and it, and it is the whole Winnipeg thing too, right, where... You know, we have to take that into consideration here. But I I just feel like, look, I, there's risk involved for sure. But I'll I'll take the risk of having, you know, Hellebuck for, for, you know, through his 30s on a long-term deal as opposed to trying to find a goalie after that and hoping that they can give you something decent, right? right. Like you're, you're, you're hoping that at the very least those first three years, Hellebuck is as good as he's, he's ever been. And, you know, you just... You, you try to win within that very brief window there, but again, I'll I'll take my chances on a long term deal with Helly as opposed to, okay, let's try to find somebody that can be okay for us and potentially pay them, you know, like look at Jack Campbell in Edmonton, yeah. right? Like that. I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough. To, like I said, it's tough to find good to really good goaltending, and I'll take my chances paying for as of right now, an elite goalie, as opposed to paying a decent guy five or six million. And then all of a sudden, what do we do with this contract? Because this guy stinks. And I don't know how we're going to get a save for, <laughs> for, for, you know, six or seven mil, let alone paying a guy 10 mil. Yeah. And and the other thing I'll add, just like on top of that, Bobrovsky signing that Florida made, Bobrovsky's game, he relies so much on his elite, elite athleticism. Great and point. He, and he really, I mean, he, Back in his prime in Columbus, I mean, when he was winning those his Vesnas, like some of those saves he was making, like he that's like you said, people really forget how good Sergei Bobrovsky really was in Columbus. He was one of the top goalies that we've seen in a long time. But as he ages, I mean, he relies a ton on his athleticism. And Connor Hellebuck, I mean, not not to kind of throw a little diss at him, but he's not the most athletic goalie. He's you know, just so you know who he reminds me of. Who? I, and, you know, Marty Buran yesterday on TSN actually made a pretty interesting comparison. He said uh, J.S. Jaguar, like in his prime with Anaheim, which is, I think that's kind of fair. But even more so, you know, who he reminds me of is Roberto Luongo. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's You're talking about two guys that can't play the puck to save their lives. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, Luongo would make highlight reel saves, but you wouldn't call him an, an athletic goalie, right? Like I, no. I think they play very similarly, and I think that style ages gracefully. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not a guarantee that, you know, Hellebuck's great until he's in his late 30s, but I, I think it gives you more of a chance than, like you said, a guy like Bobrovsky or some of these other goalies that are, you know, when they're relying on moving side to side at, at high-end speeds, those hips and those groins eventually start to deteriorate, and it's, it's tough to play that way 
you know, going into your mid thirties there. I, I think I'd have a little more faith that Helly can last a little bit longer. Hey, maybe give the Jets five good years instead of, you know, seven or eight. So there, there is hope there. There's, there's, there's a lot of hope there. But again, you know, this is a future problem. We're not going to worry about that. Fives are high, Tyson. Let's not mess with the vibes here. It's a 2023 problem instead of a 2022 problem. Um, but yeah, again, Jets fans, you got an elite one. Let's enjoy it while he's here and not take that for granted too much. Um, speaking of elite, Norrissey campaign continues. Josh Morrissey with a few more points against Colorado. I mean, we'll just do this one quick here, Tice. All-star lock, right? Yeah, 100%. Without 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 a doubt. Like, no chance. Yeah. I, I mean, and even if, like, I think the Jets could also sneak in another forward in the all-star game potentially, but I think without a doubt, there's Josh Morris. He's just been the go-to. He's really been the go-to guy so far this year, and it's especially in overtime. I mean, he's just been doing everything right. And, and if you're leading the team in scoring as a defenseman, I think it's pretty hard to not put you in as a lock. He's Winnipeg's Eric Carlson. Yeah, yeah. I, and I bring Eric Carlson over to Winnipeg and join him. I'm just let's let's keep this let's keep this movement going here. I think it's look. I, you might as well just send out the invite now. Makar, Heiskin, and Morrissey is your your central division all stars. We don't have to worry about and, and talk about this anymore. But yeah, it's just yeah. Norrissey continues once again. It's made its way into the Jets locker room now. By the way, so you know I, I don't know if I want to take credit for that, but I. Uh, it's pretty sweet. The Jets are well aware of it. So I, all I would say is any royalties from merch that's sold by the Winnipeg Jets, I'd like a, a 10% cut my way is all I'm saying. <laughs> where do you think Morrissey, where does he fall in your Norris rankings right now? Ooh, that's a good one. Let's, so let, we should, we should do that next week. Okay. We should, uh, yeah, give me a bit of time and, and look into that. But I would say as of right now, I might put him top five. I really, I think I put him top three. <laughs> I mean, right, like right now, Carlson's number one. Everyone yeah. agrees with that. For me, it goes I, I, just a little spoil. Yeah. I, for me, it goes Eric Carlson, Rasmus Dahlin, Josh Norrissey right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about that one because I think right now there's a group like Carlson's number one, and then there's Morrissey. Darlene, Makar, probably Fox. Yeah, that's I, I did forget about Adam Fox. He's going to be up there. Yeah, for sure. yeah he's okay. <laughs> yeah, so but like crazy. Like though you're talking about right there, a number one overall pick, um, top five pick, and who was the other guy? Adam Fox, a, a Norris Trophy win, right? Like that's the company Josh Morrissey is in right now. So I like that though. We're gonna have to get into that, you know, when we get back at it on Tuesday in the episode. Uh, but just one thing I want to get to here before we call it quits, we'll wrap it up. Head everybody home on a weekend, nice and quick here. Uh, we won't do an episode after the game, but a big one on tap for the Jets, not in terms of opponent because Columbus stanks, <laughs> but Patrick Lining once again back in town. This will be, or likely, I should say, it sounds like he's gonna play, but let's just assume he hits the ice here for this one. Um, had his first game in Winnipeg last season. I believe that was the OT victory for the Jets over Columbus. He was a minus one in that one in about 20 minutes of ice time. I mean, what what does it mean to you? Does anything kind of pop out with, with Line A coming back to Winnipeg here? Now that the the, the luster of the first game is is gone? Any I, like anything stand out to you? 
I think he's always going to carry that kind of aura with Jets fans because he was kind of, you know, he was kind of the first player, the first draft pick that really got people excited about the team. Winning the lottery, him going after Matthews, it built this big hype around him and how there was the Matthews versus Line A. And, he's, and he has provided so many top-tier moments for the Jet, for Jets 2.0 history already, like the hat-trick against Toronto. Like, that's... I remember people were talking about that for weeks after, saying, "Well, look, look, look what our guy did to your guy when we, when we went head to head." And it's that just... was maybe the, that was one of the coolest moments ever. Yeah, like no. it was just so like the way it, like Matthews missing the breakaway and then line A with the hat, like that was just so cool. Yeah, no, and I think I think he's always going to hold a special place. And Jet, I, really, honestly, I kind of see a similarity almost to Timu in oh. a way. Not, not, not. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm just kidding because I was yeah. gonna say that he's like Timu Light in a way. Yeah. Where it was so brief, but it was like this just meteor. It, it was almost like um like a honeymoon phase. Yeah. Where you just you didn't get a ton of time to, to to dislike the guy or anything like that. He's one of the few players I think. Now I don't know if he officially demanded or requested a trade, but he's one of the few players that was in a situation like that. That's kind of still beloved by most of the family yeah. like you would think a guy like that especially at a market that's so sensitive to to players like that like winnipeg is like people love him still that and that's kind of what stands out you know i, I don't know if it's weird or not it's it's a little surprising to me that like people just love patty line so much He's, he does seem like a, a really decent guy like a a, a good dude to be around but it like J- jets fans really really love him um and, and interesting looking back at the trade as a whole i guess first off just like yes or no you do the trade all over again if if you're Winnipeg probably just probably just because i don't think you were going to get anything else for like you weren't going to get a player of P- pld's caliber if you let that thing if you let that situation yeah. keep on bubbling so i think they i i think they did what they could and i think they made out pretty good with it i think they did as as good as they could have yeah, because you you needed a centerman or a defenseman, and like I, either one, I think I would have been okay with. But you needed you couldn't trade him for a winger. Yeah, the fact that they were able to get a, you know, what looks like now one B at the very least, like a one B center. I think that's that's pretty damn good if you're the Winnipeg Jets. Although you would have liked five or six years tacked onto that contract, but we won't worry about that anymore here. Uh, but it's interesting looking back at the trade because immediately when it happened people were calling it the Jack Roslevic trade because he goes to Columbus and he's a pointy game player that year. And it's like, Oh my gosh, what the Jets don't know what they're doing. They're the idiots. You traded them for like a third round pick, basically nothing to, to now where it's, I mean, Dubois a pointy game player this year, line a after that initial year, essentially a point of game player for Columbus. And he's been outstanding for them when he's healthy. Roslevic is an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, there was a game a couple couple weeks ago where the Blue Jackets were missing, I think, three or four of the regular forwards, and Jack Rosvick was get in. He was still a scratch, and that's that really blew. Even the announcers were talking about it, saying like, "Hey, this is kind of crazy that with all these injuries, Jack Rosvick still isn't finding a way into the lineup." I mean, it goes to show you everything right there. Yeah, yeah, and they're trying to like they're trying to move him, and which is wild for a, a team like a Columbus boy. Like you would think, like. <laughs> Just yeah. keep him here. I mean, it's not going to hurt, right? But like, they're just so unhappy with his performance, specifically this season and parts of last season. That you know, that the whole Rostovic trade thing is completely out the window right now. But 
I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Patty has a great career and a, a great season this year. I think, I think he's still got 50 goals in him. I, I don't know if it ever happened. I, I think, I think he can do it. I, hopefully he stays healthy, but if he's motivated, if he's ready to go, if you get the right guy to play alongside him, I, I, I think, I think we might see a season before it's all said and done where, where Patty, we get that line A Matthews, not debate, but, Maybe a line A Matthews race for the Rocket. I I, I could get down with that. That's not going to happen this year, but hopefully in a year or two, maybe uh maybe a Columbus Winnipeg Stanley Cup final. Probably not because Columbus stinks, but you never know, right? You never know. Um, there there was one more thing I wanted to touch on quickly about that. Uh, it's it's kind of passing me by right now. Um, I I, I guess quickly just a note on Dubois. Is he maybe is his season maybe going a little bit under the radar? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is, and I think the, I think the slow start kind of played a, a big part in that, and everyone was kind of just like, "Well, he'll he'll get and there." There were so many other things, right? Like Morrissey is kind of the, the the talk of the town yeah. right now, rightfully so. Bonus, Chifley's rejuvenate, right? Like it's it's just kind of he's kind of very quietly put together a hell of a season here, right? And, and I so, sorry, I, I almost wonder, like, I mean. We're kind of bringing the vibes down, like we talked about yeah, earlier. I, I was gonna say I didn't want to talk about it, but go ahead. But I wonder if Jets fans almost see the writing on the wall with Dubois, and it's sort of a, you know what? Let's just enjoy it while while he's here, and whatever the cards fall after this season's over, that's yeah. where they fall. Yeah, that's probably the best mindset, honestly. And to to cap it all off here, to close off the episode, and to kind of tie it back to the beginning. You, you wanted to do the Calgary Flames thing and, you know, bring a coach in to, to take a group, do a 180, get him back to the postseason. I think the Jets might be doing the Calgary Flames thing in the offseason where you might lose Dubois, you might lose one other guy. Hey, if you could pull off a blockbuster like Chevy or like uh, like Brad Living did, I'm I'm down with that. But um, let's let's worry about that in 2023. Yeah, we, we we got about thirty days left in twenty twenty two. Let's let's just push that to the side here. But it's definitely a possibility. Um, thankfully, uh, th- thankfully things are in a much positive place right now for the Winnipeg Jets and their fan base. But that's where we'll end the episode here. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll get back at it to kick off the week next week on Tuesday. A great opportunity here for the Jets to continue to build that momentum and basically push themselves officially to the top of the Central Division. A matchup against maybe the two worst teams in the league right now, Columbus and then Anaheim on Sunday before the return of Paul Maurice. The Winnipeg Jets host the Florida Panthers on Tuesday. Man, we might have to do we might have to do a Tuesday episode and then a Wednesday episode, depending on how that game against the Panthers go. But either way, we'll break down the games against Columbus and Anaheim and then preview Paul Maurice's return to Winnipeg on Tuesday. Until then, though, once again, thank you so much for listening to Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Thanks again to CJOB's Tyson Rewicki for stopping by. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.